Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Chats with Children. I hope you're safe and well. Today, I'm joined by Chris Adams, who is the Brooker Deltonics Global Business and Product Manager for Integrated Proteomics. So you can guess, yes, we're going to be talking about proteomics today. So hi, Chris. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Rizwan. Well, it's lovely and, to meet you. How are you? I'm very well, actually. Thank you very much. And uh, uh, I understand you've been promoted, so congratulations on your new role. Well, thank you. Yes, uh, it's an exciting new uh, opportunity, and 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 I think uh, there's a really bright future ahead. So, so yes, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, it's a pleasure. And so, uh, before we start talking about proteomics itself, perhaps you can tell those people who are not familiar with Brooker Deltonics a little bit about the business and also your role within that. Okay, so uh, Brooker Deltonics is the mass spectrometry division of uh, Brooker Corporation. Uh, so Brooker makes uh, analytical instrumentation, as, as, as you well know. And then within the mass spectrometry uh, group, my focus is on uh, proteomics, um, which is the qualitative and quantitative study of, of proteomes, right? Fantastic. And then my new role specifically within that is to uh, um, integrate our hardware, like the Tim's Talk Pro, for example, with the data analysis and other software packages to make, uh, to make the user experience um, uh, more seamless. And then also most importantly, uh, you know, um, I, I, I think there's an opportunity to make our experiments uh, more informative as well. Fantastic. Okay, so that's brilliant. So, so start to finish, what does the proteomic process look like? Well, that, that's, yeah, that's, uh, that could be a very long answer. So let's keep it, uh, let's keep it brief. So, um, well, it starts with a sample of interest, and that could be anything from a, a virus particle to blood or, or tissue or the combination of, of all three of those. And then the, the important part there is to extract the proteins uh, from, from that, uh, that, sample, that sample type. And then we take, uh, traditionally, we take those uh, proteins and then we digest them to smaller pieces called peptides. Right. And then we introduce those peptides uh, to the mass spectrometer. Uh, where they're ionized. Um, uh, this is commonly done with uh, high-performance li liquid chromatography, which I'm sure you're very familiar with. Sure. Uh, we do that to, to basically, you know, uh, uh, make what is hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of, of these little peptides um, more more manageable um, when we when we look at them in an additional dimension. And then the mass spectrometer can select from uh, many of those hundreds or thousands of things and um, uh, sequencing them at, at, at a very fast speed, right? So, so that sequencing is called uh, MSMS or, or fragment uh, ion uh, uh, step. And, and from that, we get the, the primary amino acid sequence of, of that particular peptide. But then at the end, all of this data that we generate has to be analyzed. Uh, and it, has to, it, it will inform us as to what is present within the sample uh, and we, you know, we've been doing this now for, for many years with software and, and other sophisticated database uh, search algorithms. But, uh, but that's just the, as I said, that's just, the, that informs you what's there. So that's the, um, the qualitative nature, but that's not quantitative. So additionally, you know, what, what you really want to know is, is not just what's there, but how much of it. Right. And so to do the quantitation, um, we, we, again, return to our, our friends uh, that are software uh, tools, and we can ask questions like um, within uh, all of these samples that we've analyzed, 
uh, can we correlate particular proteins and their expression as a function of some disease state or drug treatment, uh, et cetera. So, you know, start to finish, I would say that that's the, uh, that's the, uh, the brief of, of what uh, proteomics looks like. Well, thank you for that. I'm, not, I'm a non-scientist, so that actually explains something I didn't know before. So thank you for that. So um, when uh, Brooker launched the Timstoff Pro, um, has that, you know, by launching that, has that had an impact in any of those steps in terms of the process for scientists? Right. Yeah. In fact, there, there's been uh, there's been a, a number of uh, uh, attributes that that are part of the Timstoff Pro uh, that have led to some real advantages uh, for for proteomics uh, researchers. So I I mentioned uh, that the instrument needs to be able to look at many hundreds of thousands of things in, sure. in a short amount of time. Uh, so so it needs this speed, uh, the sequencing speed of the instrument, which is which is very critical. So the, the Timstoff Pro, uh, the way that it's designed can perform these sequencing events incredibly fast, about three to five times faster than, than the nearest competitor. Um, and, and it does this simultaneously boosting its, its sensitivity. So that's a, a huge advantage when you are presented with really complex mixtures that you can get through more of those things that are there in a short amount of time. Right. The second point um, that's that's really actually quite important as well that I would uh, mention is that um, the trapped ion mobility uh, function of the Timstoff Pro allows you to move the ions not only by their um, what's known as their mass to charge ratio, but also by their collisional cross section. Um, so that's an additional dimension that we get from from the the the, the data uh, and and all the other instruments um, rely specifically on the mass to charge to select an, an ion of interest. So what that means really experimentally is that any ions that are nearby to the ion uh, of of interest, the, the that particular mass to charge of interest. If you're selecting for that particular ion, uh, and you you will, because this always happens in these proteomics experiments, that you will inadvertently pick um, uh, an adjacent uh, MZ value, a uh, mass charge uh, ion. And, and, and the result there is called a, a chimeric spectra, because both of those guys are, are incidentally fragmenting at the same time. Right. Um, and and those and those are you know those those are dirty spectra for lack of better description and and those are more challenging for the database search algorithms to to assign and, and pick out so so that's where that inherent in advantage of uh, of of the additional dimension that is collisional cross section gives you a, a lot of value right uh, and then you know if if I had to mention one other thing that's that's a differential. Um, is now that this new dimension exists, the collisional cross-section uh, becomes an inherent pr uh, property of the peptide. So that, that's to say that when you measure that value, yeah. it's exactly the same in your lab as it is in my lab, as it is in uh, all those other uh, labs around the world. And we can utilize that in these data analysis uh, uh, steps in the software packages that I've been describing. So. Um, so yeah, there there are some uh, key advantages that the the new technology has delivered for uh, proteomics researchers. 
Well, that's interesting. And I know you already alluded to this in the opening introduction. We talked about you've got a new role. So your new role focuses on data analysis. Um, how did that originate? Uh, yeah. So f funny story. So, well, I guess it's not funny, but it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's been a fantastic uh, ride. So uh, it actually originated um, um, it, with a collaboration. So we, you know, there's a, there's a, a group led by a key opinion leader in at the Scripps uh, Institute in uh, San Diego, uh, and his name is Professor John Yates, and his That's group had been experimenting. At SMS, actually, yes. Yeah, right, right. He he uh, he's you know he's he's been a, a field leader for many years. So so great. I'm glad that you saw that, uh, and and it's been really. Uh, tremendous to work with his group. So actually, I was there with uh, some of our uh, software team, and we were having discussions with his team. And you know, they we realized that they had a, a GPU-based uh, search algorithm uh, that had been developed by Robin Park, and um, uh, who would form a spin-off company founded out out of this lab. So you know, we had some additional discussions and we, and we decided to take next steps, which were uh, including hosting them at our uh, site in Bremen. So uh, to see if this is a, a reality. And what came out of that um, was the ability to search these spectra instantaneously or basically in real time. So that this GPU-based search algorithm was so fast that ions would arrive from the detector uh, on the acquisition PC of the mass spectrometer, we can move those through this search algorithm and assign the, the peptide sequence in, you know, uh, real time uh, kind of uh, processes. So, you know, we saw just an immense opportunity here, a lot of value because, you know, as I've already described, you know, we can go, the, the mass spectrometer can scan really fast uh, and you get this additional information content uh, or, or data-rich files uh, where the, the end result is many more files that are even more rich in content. So instead of a lab that was formally you know, generating, let's say, 10, 12, uh, 15, 20 runs a day, now we can easily generate you know, 50, 100, up to 300 uh, LCMS MS, uh, proteomics runs in a single right. day. So now what, what's happened is that we've shifted the bottleneck. We can go faster, so we're generating more data, uh, and, and now our biggest problem becomes this data processing uh, step. So th that's immediately where we saw how a real-time search uh, capability could, could address this problem. Right. So now that um, through this collaboration with the Yates Lab, you've made this uh, real-time search a reality on Timstoff Pro. You know, what's the next step? So what's it look like going forward? Right, so that's that's why I'm, I'm so excited uh, uh, about this new role and, and opportunities because we have uh, 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 just a, a bunch of different ideas, directions where, where to take this. So in its first iteration here at Hoopo, Hoopo 2020, coming up uh, in just a week or so, right. we will actually, yeah, we will actually launch this real-time search capability uh, for all current and new uh, Tim's Toft Pro customers. Right. And it's called Pacer. 
which is an acronym uh, for Parallel Database uh, Search Engine in Real Time, and it was coined by by the Yates Lab in working right. with them. So, you know, as as I said, it's a, a GPU powered uh, workstation. It sits adjacent to the acquisition PC, and as the acquisition PC relays the the MS info, yep. um, uh, it it does the sequences sequencing and stores that real time data on the Pacer box. And you know now since we can perform thousands of, of processes simultaneously, that's the that's the beauty of GPU. Um, then we get uh, you know we get these results so fast. So effectively, the ions come in and peptide sequences come out. Or another way to think of that is uh, is what we're saying: uh, uh, run and done. So yeah, you know, I've you, heard that. You, yeah, I heard uh, I heard in your presentation at SMS. I remember. <laughs> good, good. Yeah, I I, I hope. Uh, yeah, I think that means a lot to a lot of different labs. Right. Good. So hopefully, you know, the idea here is uh, is where we formally had this uh, uh, bottleneck. Uh, that that is data analysis. Uh, ho hopefully, we can we can break that and push through there. All right. So, in addition to knowing the results, um, as soon as you've got the acquisition, you know, is complete. What are some of the other advantages of real time search? So, real time, you know, uh, we're real time's actually been out there for for a number of years. Uh, so, we're, we're not the ones to envision this. Uh, um, uh, from, you know, from conception, uh, or even experimentally. Um, but our approach has a number of advantages. Um, first, as I've mentioned and, and kind of stressed here that it is GPU based. So it's, it's blazingly fast, right? Which is different than previous approaches. And then also we're, we're leveraging the real time search results that you get from the, the pacer box or run and done to inform how your sample acquisition queue should proceed. And this is really important. So um, the, the way this is gonna work is that we, we will ask the user to input a predetermined metric, the, a qualifying metric. So that could be in, in the case of a, of a QC sample, uh, the number of proteins or peptide identifications that you expect from this particular sample. Or you could imagine for for people doing work um, uh, where you know, where LFQ or or quantitation is, is super important, it could be a blank sample, and you would want you know basically nothing uh, in there. And then um, uh, you you enter that uh, qualifier, and you can uh, you can be sure that you know that 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 qualifier is defined after the run and done process is complete. And those real-time search results uh, will be queried against that qualifier. If the, qualifi if the qualification or specification is met, then the sequence queue can progress. And then if it's not, then the acquisition queue um, will halt. Right, so why would you want to stop the acquisition queue? Right, so, oh, so you would want to stop the acquisition queue for, for a number of reasons. Um, you have precious samples. Right. Just think. Just think about that. 
we have a lot of collaborators running COVID samples right now, yep. and you can definitely imagine how unfortunate it would be if you lost uh, um, a series of those uh, precious samples because the instrument was out of specification and you didn't know uh, until it was too late. Uh, aside from the samples being precious, they're also uh, they also can be extremely expensive. So when you're using some of these labeling technologies, uh, stabilized tote labels or other uh, isobar tags, uh, you're dealing with enrichments. So there's there's a lot of our uh, users do phosphopeptide enrichments or acetylation enrichments, et cetera, et cetera. I was looking for all these different PTMs. Those kits to uh, to study those samples are, are extremely costly. So um, you can save a ton of money in reagents and operator time uh, that it takes to prepare those samples. And, and uh, uh, you know, actually, Rizwan, it's funny, before I joined Grouper uh, here about three years ago, I used to run the Stanford Proteomics core facility. Um, and there, you know, I. I I, I can tell you there is nothing worse than arriving on a Monday morning to see that something had gone wrong with your uh, acquisition queue that was supposed to have been running over the weekend, samples just continuously in, injecting, and then you contact that postdoc, grad student, PI that you've been working with, you know, the time, the effort, the money, sure. the brain power that they've spent um, to, to, to generate these samples, um, and now you know, with uh, the 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 thought is with Pacer 1.0 and Run and Done, um, we can you know we can add so much more peace of mind uh, to those those researchers, and that's just like I used to be. Yeah, well, as you said, and a lot of that those samples may be very unique, and you may not have a lot of those to actually select from in the first place, will you? So you're right, it's uh, very, very important, particularly in the current climate as well, when people are searching for solutions for various uh, illnesses and obviously COVID. Well, that's really, really interesting. If people want to know more about um, Pacer, Run and Done, and uh, the things that you're doing at the moment, where can they get more information? Uh, so you can go to uh, Brooker, uh, um, uh, Brooker.com. You can go to our, our website. Um, also, um, we are having uh, a, a lot of speakers at Hupo, so you know there's there's a lot of different ways to find our our, our Hupo contacts. We also have a, a YouTube video on Pacer 1.0, and uh, um, if you go to our webpage at Brooker, you can also find out more information about that as well. Fantastic. Well, look, uh, don't worry, people. All the links for everything that's just been said will be above this video. So you don't have to write anything down to try and, and Google for anything. I will put the links above the video so you can hopefully go and visit them at uh, Hoopa, go and have a look at the video and also have a look at some additional information as well on the Brooker website as well. So Chris, all that I can say is uh, congratulations once again on the promotion. Uh, obviously, you know your stuff. It's very, very interesting as well. So thank you very much for that. Um, I hope everybody else found that useful as well. If you want more information, say check out the links and check out the, the Hooper uh, booth at uh, Hooper, Brooker booth at Hooper, if I get it the right way around. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so all that stuff says, uh, Chris, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Rizwan. It was, uh, it was a pleasure. Yeah, and uh, for those who don't know, actually, uh, Chris has got his curtains drawn at the moment 
but it's uh, sort of morning in California. We're in San Jose and the sun's starting to break out. It just looks like it's at nighttime. Whereas I'm in the UK at the moment and it's starting to get dark where I am, actually. So <laughs> there you go. So um, I hope you'll find that useful. Uh, as always, uh, until next time, stay well and stay, stay safe. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.